Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. At Strayer University, we see you striving to work harder and go further. That's why we provide you with the tools you need to get there, like offering a brand-new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program. So you can do your coursework anytime, anywhere, and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to the Wisconsin Sportscast with Mike Lucas and Tom Oates. I want to first of all thank Leopold's Books, Bar, and Cafe for sponsoring this podcast. I also want to thank you for joining us, for giving us a listen, for taking a shot on me and Oatsy. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of options in the podcast world. What separates them? Well, I can tell you right now with a great deal of certainty, experience does. And there's nobody, you won't find anybody anywhere else with more experience covering Wisconsin sports than me and Oates. Am I right? Am I wrong? I'm well, wrong no, more you're, often you're, than I'm right, but one, I think I'm right on this. You're 100% right, but uh, you just told everyone how old we are. But well, but here's the thing. Right. Now, here's, here's the caveat. We are not chasing you out of our front yard. No, where we are not Mr. Wilson cloned. Instead, we're going to leave that front door open. The, we're going to invite you in for a beer and some cheese curds. How's that? The only thing I've ever chased out of my front yard is are, uh, chipmunks. Well, there. But see, so our age is not going to be a factor in this, but our experience is. Our perspective is. Nobody has covered Wisconsin sports longer. I'm working on 50-plus years, 40th year at the Madison Capital Times. How many years did you go with the State Journal? I went 40 years. That was three years ago, so... 43 years, but I also worked there in the 70s when I was in school. So I've been around a long time like you have. And, and you you know, I, it, it really amazes me how uh, sometimes people don't value experience these days. We've seen everything that happens over there, we've seen before. And we've seen how it turned out. And uh, things don't all come out of the blue in sports. They, no, I get it. They, 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 uh, there's a, re- a cycle, a, a repeat cycle of mistakes that are made and uh, things that work, things that don't work. And if you've seen it before, you recognize it. And, you know, a lot of what's going on right now in this state, I, we've seen before. And, you know, for people that don't care about anything that happened before January 1st, uh, 19, or 2023, I just don't understand that because there's so much, uh, there's so much uh, uh, history to fall back on, and, it, and it's not useless history. No, it isn't. It's, it's, it's meaningful history because history repeats itself in sports time and time and time again. So I looked at a list of do's and don'ts with podcasts. I don't know how practical it is or how pragmatic, and it, 
says that you should personalize your po- podcast. So, Otsi, you're officially retired. Is that correct? I'm retired as a writer. Yeah. Well, yes. Do you have any regrets? And what do you miss? What do I miss? Yeah. What do you miss? Uh, you know what I miss? I miss the camaraderie of the press corps. Really? One. I miss being around at a lot of different things and talking to a lot of different people from players, athletes, to coaches, to other media, to fans. I just miss being around uh, kind of the scene. Uh, to me, um, I've met a, lots of interesting people in sports and, um, you know, I, you get you get kind of isolated when you're not around all the time. Well, you're not unlike an athlete who retires. They always talk about the transition from the locker room and the camaraderie, yeah. which you just alluded to, and that real world, if if you will, correct? So you go through it. There's a transitionary <clears throat> period that you have to go through. Oh, there's no question. I have, I, I, you know, I've heard a million athletes say that. What do you miss most? I miss the locker room. And, you know, I honestly, I miss the press box. I miss not being there. Yeah, they got I, air conditioning one in the Camp Randall now. How about that? No. Yes. I finally retire. Yeah, and they as put soon it as in. I retire. They're going to name the air conditioner after you. Our, the, a bigger question is. That's not to imply that you're a little bit windy. In, or, in, you know in, what I'm saying here? In November, home football games, are they going to turn the heat on? That's yeah, a better that's question. that's a possibility too. Yeah, okay. So you feel good about <clears throat> your decision? Yeah, I don't know. You don't, I, I you was, don't miss it. You miss the people, but not necessarily the daily grind. No, I went the daily grind. I went hard for a long time. You know, I'm not telling you. No, you, you did. You did the I res- same. I respect. But I, I, I went, respected your travel log. I went. Yeah, the travel more than anything. The travel kind of got to me because I did things that people told me couldn't be done in terms of getting around. And now I see, ironically, just this weekend, Jimmy Balzine from the State Journal did exactly the. What I used to do, which was try and get from a, a Badger game on Saturday to a Packer game on Sunday. And sometimes it was really, really difficult. And sometimes you walked in in the middle of the first quarter. And uh, never in, in 20, about 20 years of doing that did I not make a game. Now, I was late for a couple of them. And, uh, but uh, Jimmy did the, pretty much the same thing. When it's, it's sometimes when you have a late afternoon game on Pullman, Washington, and you have to get to Chicago by by three thirty. Now the three thirty games certainly help. Uh, a noon game is really, really difficult. I'm really envious of you in the respect that you got to call your own shot. You made the decision to walk away. Uh, I didn't get that opportunity at Wisconsin. I got kicked to the curb by Chris McIntosh and my radio assignment, and along with my writing for the UWBadgers.com. It's their prerogative to pick who they want in the booth, and they wanted jocks in the booth, which is fine. I'm fine by that. But handle it with dignity. Handle it with class. Handle it with a little professionalism. Don't be callous. Don't be cowardly. You know, speaking of... Speaking, speaking of... I had uh, to get that off my chest. I, and, and People want to know. And you did, and that's good. But that's like professional sports. As, that's like sports as well. When, when they have no longer have use for you, they knock on your door and take your playbook... And, and send you away. I mean, yeah, Ted, Ted Thompson always said, Ted Thompson was one of those guys that every year of his NFL career, double figures, I think it was 11, he, he was in danger of being cut. And he lived on that edge every single year. 
Now, I'm not saying you were in danger of being cut. I was on but, one. But the think point about I'm that. making no, that's is, a good point. is Ted Thompson hated cut down day more than any day of, the, of, of his work year because he knew exactly what those guys were going through. When you knock on the door and say your, dream, your dream's over or your job's over or you're going to have to look elsewhere for work or whatever, he just hated that. And I get it. It was his most difficult. He was he was useless around that time in terms of being of being interviewed because he just he he just he didn't want to say anything or he just felt so bad that he could barely even talk about. But it. there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And, yeah, absolutely. and I'm biased on this, but I don't think I was let go in the right way. But I'll leave it at that because I I'm going to play the hand well, that I was dealt. These are the cards that I have been dealt, and I'm fine with. I'm back at the Capital Times. Um, I'm working on 40 years with this newspaper slash website. I'm okay with kind of completing the circle of life in this business. Well, you certainly like it if there's a discussion about it or a- or None. A, there was um, none. Uh, I was blindsided. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, a, a, war a warning of, you know, well, have a do better talk or, you know, whatever. It's, it, it's you know, when, it, when, it, when you walk in and boom, it's done- that there's just something, and and yeah, let me make a promise uh, let, here too. Let's prep. Let's prep the clear the runways at least, and that I assume that didn't happen. No, this is the last time I'll bring it up. This is not about grievance, but I felt, in fairness to some people who still thought I retired, but in fact I was retired. I thought it was important just to get it out there. Now that it's out there, it's done. Like I said, I'm playing the cards I have in my hand, and I'm I'm, I'm glad to be doing so. Think about this. What could, could you get better odds on Wisconsin reinstating baseball or you and me partnering on a podcast? What do <laughs> well, you we did partner on a TV show. We did. We, we saw that too. <laughs> for, a long, for a long time. 17 and a half years. <laughs> that was a little different departure, but it, it was the same, but it was different. It wasn't handled any better, was it? Uh, no, that was not handled. But it, it, it was a great opportunity and experience to be with, quote unquote, the people that we saw every day on our beat. And again, we go back to the experience level we bring to this podcast. And it's not so much having been around sports for as long as we both have. We've been reporting on sports together, a combined 80-plus years. Reporting on sports, whether it be writing or broadcasting. There's a difference. And, and when I see some of these quote-unquote experts who have podcasts or whatever – out there, uh, they're they're basically aggregators, but uh, and they start talking about how much they know. Well, you know what? The guys that really know, the people that really know, I should say, not guys. The people that really know are the ones that are rubbing shoulders with with the the people you're covering day in and day out. Coaches, scouts, uh, the chain gang guys. Uh, Players, I mean, you know. Well, you're cultivating sources. I see, I see, yeah, not so much on the Badgers beat, but I, really on the Packers. I'm the Badgers beat too, but I, really on the Packers beat is these self-proclaimed experts. And I go, wait a minute. Uh, and they downgrade guys um, that have been going into that locker room as credentialed reporters for 10, 20, 30 years. And they're like, well, I know more than them. No, you don't know more than them. And you might think you do, but you don't. So how many times during your career, your writing career, did you get threatened by an athlete or a coach? Any? 
any any time? Uh, or did you feel like you were being threatened? Not physically. I had nose to noses with some pretty prominent figures in the state of Wisconsin where I was, it was heated, mostly coaches as opposed to players. Yeah, but somebody like Barry Alvarez called you out, you could then go back to his office the following day if you chose, and you could sit down and talk, right? I, I don't hold a grudge. I'm, I'm just a person that does not hold a grudge. I'm, I'm like, let's move on. And uh, I never had a problem. I went nose to nose with Barry in front of a lot of people one time. And, uh, I, you know, I don't, it, it, it just, it was hard at the time, but. You didn't have any example of B.J. Surhoff versus Chuck Salaturo, did you? No, I no, I never really had. <laughs> we'll get into the weeds at some later date. Yeah, I on never that one. really had that where I where someone was at, you know, like physically threatened. I got me. threatened I went, on the phone. Well, I got I, I didn't get threatened. Kessem Grimes, you remember Kessem yeah, Grimes? Yeah, I do remember. Kessem. You wanted to kill me? That was a <laughs> long did. time ago. You did. You know you're what? Not, he was from Gary, Indiana. You probably yes, should have been. That worried. was the wrong guy. You get pissed off, man. You know who my intermediary was? My referee on that one, Lamont Weaver, who went to the same high school as I did oh, in Beloit. Yeah. And Lamont's the nicest guy oh, in the, the world. Nicest. Yeah, Grimes didn't like something I wrote about him after he had decided to bolt from here. Oh, well, yeah. that happens. It oh, it hap- does. It happens all the time. And, and I never minded someone coming up and wanting to dis- wanting to discuss it. Now, a couple times it got heated. I went nose to nose with Stu Jackson a couple times. And uh, Mike McCarthy once, and Forrest Gregg once. I mean, that was a little intimidating. He's well. The coaches that use their size to impose their authority are the ones that I hated the most. Bob Knight. Remember, when chasing around Bob Knight after after games, the post game pre- press conference, he'd be just walking to the bus, and you'd have to interview him as you walked. Yeah, Remember, how I did was... that to Bob Hamill. One of the most respected guys in the business for so long. Plus the guy that they belittled him. The guy that propped him up for so long. I mean, Bob Hamill uh, was his boy. And I don't I think there were no limits to who Bob Knight would bully and how much he would try attempt to bully them. Yeah, we got all sorts of stories, don't we? What we probably need to do here is take a break coming up, uh, and then we'll get into sports. We're we're gonna talk about the Badgers and the Packers here today. One of the overriding questions that we'll we'll try to respond to, not just today, but over the next few months is, how did we get here, Otsi? How did we get here with the Badgers from Paul Chris to Jim Leonard to Luke Fickle? How did we get here? And, and with the Packers, how did we get here from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love? How did we do that? I mean, well, I think it's, it's food for thought, isn't it? It is. And, you know, the, the deal is everything changes. I mean, I, it's just... Sports is just not a static world, and and you can have things going along just really, really well, and all of a sudden, they take a turn for they take a turn, and they take unexpected turns. Look at Clemson; they won what two national titles in the last four or five years, and now they can't beat Duke. I mean, it just uh, nothing stays the same, which is part of the fun of covering it. Uh, you know, the fun the fun part is covering teams on the way up or on the way down. Teams that stay the same are boring to cover, but when they're on the way up, they're fun to cover. What do you think was a bigger story, Clemson losing to Duke or Coach Prime and what he's done in two games at Colorado? Well, the TV networks have glommed all over onto Coach Prime so much that I'm, I'm sick of Coach Prime. And I think he's done a heck of a job. He's 
he's the modern, he's the perfect modern coach. He uses all the modern tools, the transfer portal and, and, and nil and, and, and his, uh, his, his appeal to people of all levels and ages. And I mean, he was a great player. Oh, a lot of these kids, tremendous player. no one knows what a great player he was. I guess in context, what we were just talking about though, let's see about athletes intimidating maybe media members. The one thing that always stands out in my mind, and I, I really like Deion Sanders, liked him as a baseball player, liked him as a football player, obviously, and I, and I gotta like what he's done so far from the entertainment value. But I still see that video of Sanders uh, dousing, dumping water on Tim McCarver in the locker room. And that, that just never sat, never sat well with yeah. me. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think Dion ever heard a discouraging word said about him, and and when someone did say why does that stand out? In my say mind something yet? that he didn't like because it was it was on national TV. Yeah, and I, that 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 was one of the things I thought about when McCarver passed. That I, I remember his the, his face and how angry he was because he kind of anticipated something was going to happen. Yeah, and uh, I'm surprised something didn't happen after that. Very true, very true. What we need to do is, is take a break here. So uh, we'll take this break and come back with more on the Wisconsin Sports Podcast with Mike Lucas and Tom Oates right after this. Welcome back to the, the Wisconsin Sportscast with Mike Lucas and Tom Oates, brought to you by Leopold's Books Bar and Cafe. We want to thank them for this sponsorship. Oatesy, you've seen Wisconsin over its first two games of the season, anything really stand out about the Badgers and their play? Not really. Uh, it's kind of as I expected. I think there's some there's some growing pains. I'm not. I don't care what Luke Fickle says after the game that we're not going to blame, uh, you know, uh, new schemes or, or or anything like that. It'd be hard for him to claim that after what Colorado's done. But I mean, I just think there's these are these are some radically different things they're doing on 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 both sides of the ball at, in certain positions. And it's, it's, it takes a while. I, uh, you know, the running game, look at, look, look at where it went from game one to game two. And, uh, it's a different running game. It's a different style running game. It's a different, um, emphasis on for forever. Wisconsin's been, you run a run first and then pass off the run. Well, now it's the opposite of that. It's the running game is set up by the pass in the air raid offense. And uh, there's just a lot of things that have gone on. And, and I, to me, it doesn't surprise me a bit. Uh, line plays different. Cornerback plays different. Uh, the pass rush is different. Uh, all these things. And it's not so much that players can't adjust. It's, it's that certain players just aren't, weren't recruited for this, for, for what they're now asked to do. It may take them a while to adjust. Some of them may never be able to adjust. You don't know. And uh, that's just the way it happens. I mean, I go back to when Barry Alvarez came. Within a couple of years, 50% of that roster was gone. You know, it just, for a myriad of reasons, some players don't fit. Some players don't want to fit. And and they and it's just, uh, when you make fairly radical changes, and, you know, we'd been ar- around the transition from Bielema, Barry to Bielema to, to, well, Gary Anderson was a little different, but to Chris, it was basically all the same approach. 
And now all of a sudden you have a fairly radical approach, which is cause for some concern, uh, especially when you uh, saw the Don Morton thing. And, and he was another guy that came in doing radically different things. But uh, the game's changed. Fickle's way more, way more current, I think, than uh, and his coordinators are way more current than Don Morton. Far his, more accomplished. Than Don Morton and his staff ever were. They, were. they had an offense that was on the way out. At the time that he came here, the Veer offense was being phased out of college football, and I don't think that's the case at all with Yerry. I wasn't surprised by the loss to Washington State. Having watched them up close and personal last year in Camp Randall, I really like that team. Um, the team speed, the physicality with which they played with. Uh, so th that wasn't surprising, but this was. Wisconsin's inability to even line up consistently on defense yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't get that, Otsi. And and secondly, the inability to really mesh the run with the pass where you've turned Braylon Allen into a decoy more than anything else. You've got to find a way to get Allen and Malusi and the running game going to a greater extent than we saw at Washington State, don't you? Yeah, well, I, I Luke Fickle has said it a bunch of times, and he's right. He's going to try and figure out how to blend Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Wisconsin, what Wisconsin traditionally does well, which is a great power running attack, with the air raid offense, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of anxious to see what comes out of that. It's obvious that it's a struggle to do it by the first two games. They got uh, they started throwing the ball. Buffalo didn't play to stop the run. They had six and seven man boxes, and all of a sudden, Malusi and and Allen are running crazy, and now. Washington State came in and they stopped the run last year when Wisconsin had a much different offense, and they decided they were going to stop the run, and 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 the pass was there, and the run just disappeared. And I I don't I don't think you can do that with Wisconsin. I and not just Wisconsin. That's a Big Ten approach. Um, you have to be physical on both lines of scrimmage, and and you can't veer too far from that. No, especially later in the season. In November, right? You better be able to find a way to pick up uh, first downs in the red zone or score in the red zone by running the ball, by winning the line of scrimmage. I, I, I wasn't impressed with Tanner Mordecai in the opener. I thought he was pedestrian, which is fine. All right, it was his first game here in a Wisconsin uniform. I was very impressed with Mordecai against Washington State. Yeah, I know he fumbled twice, but Jack Nelson, maybe the best lineman the Badgers have. What do you think? Is he the best lineman they have? He's certainly the most accomplished. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he gives up a couple of sacks. He loses the football. Uh, I just thought Mordecai looked more like the quarterback that we all anticipated he would be uh, when he was recruited from SMU. Yeah. What did, you, think, what did you think I of Mordecai? Think Mordecai looks like an experienced college quarterback. Um, I thought he threw one boneheaded pass uh, in the opener. But other than that, I I, th I I don't have I think they can win with Tanner Mordecai. I agree. You can win games with yeah. the Mordecai that played yeah. at Washington State. I, I mean, he has to cut down the mistakes. We all do, but it's different. I go back to, to go back to Jack Nelson. He's on a much wider split now than he used to be. The the offensive linemen linemen are spread out a little more now. All of a sudden, he's in a little little more wide open space out there with an elite edge rusher. Yeah, Ron Stone's pretty good. And he and 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 you know, maybe I mean that's part of a player transitioning to the new system and maybe he can't play it like he always played it. Maybe uh he has to uh, 
you know, protect more to the inside because he doesn't have a guard within arm's reach of him. So I don't know. I mean, I just think this stuff takes time, but you're right. Badgers will play Georgia Southern here Saturday, 11 a.m. You, you might remember the coach for Georgia Southern, Clay Helton, coaching at Southern Cal for quite a few years. So they've got a the veteran in charge of that program. Uh, Georgia Southern lost to Buffalo last year in a bowl game. I want to segue now to the NFL. And Does he have USC talent? Uh, no. Okay. But I, I think they have some decent speed. Okay. All right. They beat well, UAB by a large margin last week, and that's Trent Dilfer's team. Remember old Trent Dilfer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trent was... People show up in all sorts of funny places. People, he not only won a Super Bowl, which is maybe the worst quarterback ever to win. He had to be Super one Bowl. of the worst quarterbacks, yeah. But he was he did hold the title as the most quotable player in the NFL. Oh, he loved to talk. He, he loved, loved to, to talk. talk. All right, segueing to the, to the Packers, uh, the one conclusion everybody in the state drew after Sunday's game was the Bears still suck. And we know that, right? They still suck, despite all the propaganda during the offseason about this change and that change and how they've kind of really figured it out. They, they haven't figured out anything. But enough about the Bears. What did, what did you think about the quarterback play for Green Bay? Quarterback play without Aaron Rodgers anywhere near Soldier Field. I think three years on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers with good coaching was the best thing that ever happened to Jordan Love. I, I think Aaron Rodgers would have been ready to start after two years. I don't think Aaron – I don't think Love was. I, he looks very poised. He looks in control. He looks in command. Um, we know he's a big, strong athlete with a good arm. Um, and and he, he really ran the offense the way it's supposed to be run, which I'm not sure has been the way of the, the, way of the world up in Green Bay. With, Aaron Rodgers was always bumping Aaron. heads with play callers. Yeah. And I, th- I think Jordan Love runs the offense the way that the only complaint I have him have about him, and it showed up in this game, is that he just isn't totally accurate. He missed a couple of passes that could have been big plays in this game, and not just down the field passes. I'm talking first, uh, third down passes, and this and that. He just he's just not very accurate. And ever since I started watching him in college, I've not seen great accuracy. Now. You hope he can overcome that because I think he's got all the rest of the phases down. I I think he's well trained and he's and he's uh, he's really uh, I think an eager student of the game. They're just so young in so many different places on that team. Well, I I didn't I don't think they're going to have a winning record. And the reason I thought they were not going to have a winning record, I, I like their roster overall. I think they have a pretty solid. Well, the potential, the I promise is there. they have a there. pretty solid yeah. roster. They have a couple of holes. The one safety spot's a huge hole. And, and they have a and tight end. But um, if you look at it, the quarterback's a first-year starter. The receivers are all green as grass. The tight ends are all uh, rookies. Now, that's the major components of your passing game in a league where all they do is pass. And the major components are all just green. They have, they, and I just don't see them being able to play consistent in the passing game. I just don't see it. How and, happy, how happy do you think Murphy and Gutekunst star that Rodgers is in New York? Well, let's go back to Lafleur. I mean, you don't just limit yourself to Murphy and Gutekunst. I mean, Rodgers is pushy, and he was a headache. And he was a headache for Mike McCarthy, and he was a headache 
for Matt LaFleur. I think they started out on great ground. I, I do think uh, that Rodgers became less cooperative the minute they, they drafted Jordan Love, and I, that really soured him on Green Bay, I think, and I don't think he ever got over it. But he's pushy. I mean, he, he does things on the field, and, you know, every coach he's had has walked a fine line between – Letting Aaron have his say because he's really smart and he and he's seen it all, and yet he's still the player. And I'm the coach, and I want my offense run the way I designed it. So they walk that fine line between letting him do what he wants and then me, the coach, doing what I want. And it's I think that worked for a couple of years with Matt Lafleur and Aaron Ryan, and then I think it kind of got a little frayed. I'm really intrigued to, to see how Lafleur handles things now uh, with without Rodgers, just in how everything functions. Aren't you? I I kind of like the guy. I mean, you can't argue with his record with Rodgers, but I, I, I'm I'm curious to, to what type of offense we'll see with Love and how he just manages his team with, with, without the pain in the butt around. Well, I think he'd love to have the 49ers offense, uh, kind of a run-based offense uh, with a lot of uh, with a lot of uh, versatile versatile routes for all all sorts of receivers that spread the field vertically, horizontally. However, I think, but I think he he'd love to start with a with a based on the run and then work off of that. Now, a lot of coaches say that, and the reality is they can't get it done so they just start throwing the ball but but I think he would like to run more and uh you know but how do you say when Aaron Rodgers sees a one-on-one on the outside and doesn't even tell his lineman that he's gonna pass the ball because he sees a favorable matchup whereas most coaches would never or most quarterbacks might not see that a young one especially Packers at Atlanta Georgia Southern here at Camp Randall that's the matchups for this weekend hey Otsi enjoyed it Good start. Yeah, it was a lot good of fun. Start. Yeah, we'll appreciate keep, it. We'll keep it up. Yeah. Dylan, thank you for an excellent job of engineering. Thanks again to Leopold. And we'll be back with much, much more. And thanks for listening to the Wisconsin Sportscast with Lucas and Oates. At Sierra University, we've been empowering students to pursue their goals for over 130 years. From innovative degree programs and helpful tools to campus locations focused on creating community for international students, we can help you find your way forward. We even offer international students 25% off tuition on select degree programs. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.